Today is Thursday, March 11th, 2021, and it is spring break on the campus of Texas Christian University. In fact, they're calling it a spring refresh, all in the name of COVID recovery. Y'all, it looks like we're on the upswing. We've got vaccines happening. In fact, I'm going to get my first dose on Saturday. I'm pretty excited. I hope you are too. In the meantime, I thought we'd throw it back an entire year. In fact, this time last year, I had my thesis chairperson, Dr. Anantha Babley, who is a media and diversity expert, and he is on the campus of Texas A&M Corpus, and I will be visiting with his class tomorrow, just after noon, to talk about my career in a full circle moment. Yeah, I can only remember one time ever lecturing in his class. And I had him mostly when I was a freshman at TCU. And then later, he would become my thesis chairperson as I worked on my master's thesis. But here he is. He's a professor of media, communications, and leadership, global leadership. And we had a great conversation about globalism in the face of coronavirus. Here we go. Hey y'all, this is Culture Soup, where tech, culture, and business collide. It's a podcast that spoons up everything hot from social media. I'm your host, Elle Michelle Smith, and each episode we bring you some of the most notable and not yet notable thought leaders in tech, business, and culture. The year was 1989. It was the year that I would enter Texas Christian University as a freshman. I entered as an English and journalism double major. I would peel that back after a while because I realized if I wanted to graduate in less than six years, I needed to just pick one. Ultimately, Because I was in the journalism department for about the first 90 days of my time at TCU, I got to know some of the faculty, including the department head. His name, Dr. Anantha Babley. I had some discussions with him because I started to see how my load was going to just be overwhelming. And what if I just did English writing emphasis? And he encouraged me not to give up on journalism, even though I would give up the degree. What we agreed to was that I would take the writing classes in the English department, but I would participate in all of the journalism extracurricular activities that the other journalism students would. So for instance, I'd write for the SCIF, the campus newspaper. I would be on the radio, KTCU, the radio station. I would even contribute features to the high gloss magazine image. All of that experience would help me to understand how to write a couple of different ways. You see, in English, it's really based on MLA style. Um, In journalism, it's based on AP style, which is exactly what I'm teaching my students at TCU today. Well, you may recall a part of this story I talk about it in the TCU Lead On campaign. I mention a professor 
who would take four journalism students to the local chapter meetings of the National Association of Black Journalists each month at the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. That, my friends, was Dr. Anantha Babley, and the connections I made in that room and beyond would set the course for my journey and my career all the way until now. He's also my thesis chairperson, and I call him my beyond mentor because even before I knew what a mentor really was supposed to be, he was doing that, and he hasn't left me yet. Without further ado, I want to introduce you to Dr. Anantha Babley. We're going to talk a bit about globalism, media, communications, diversity, coronavirus, and a whole lot more. Take a walk down memory lane with me as I bring on my dear friend, my beyond mentor, professor of media and communications at Texas A&M University Corpus Christi, Dr. Anantha Bagley. and media at Texas A&M Corpus Christi. But you got to understand, we go a long way back, don't we, Dr. Babley? <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. More than two decades, yeah. Yeah, yeah. oh goodness, if we count. You know, I was at homecoming this year, uh-huh. and I estimated it was between 26 and 27 years that I walked out on the 50-yard line in the homecoming court. So oh it's, it's getting close to 30 years, Dr. Babley. Oh, my God. How time flies, yes. I tell you. And y'all, look, he asked me to call him Anantha. I can't even bring myself to do it. He <laughs> says I'm old enough and I've earned it. But you know what? This is Dr. B. It will always be Dr. B to me. <laughs> okay. Whichever, whatever makes you feel comfortable, Michelle. But you have earned it, though. Oh, you you can awesome. call him. Well, listen, what do you think we have a culture soup moment? Oh, oh my goodness. The, the things that are going on in the world today. Yes. Just an astonishing array of events and such a diverse interpretations of reality in the world today. It's just, you know, it's getting us into... You know, so I'm going to ask you about these things. Of course, yes, this yes. moment I comb the threads and I see what everybody's talking about. And if you cannot avoid hashtag coronavirus or hashtag COVID-19. And yes. that's the disease that started in China that's been contained. But now uh, it's in the United States. We have the NBA canceling the entire season. I we know. have NCAA saying no fans at March Madness? They're taking the Madness I, at a March? I know. What is happening? 
effects. Okay, just imagine the ripple effects of globalization. Yeah. You know, we always talked about globalization in a very positive terms. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and uh, uh, and that you know largely it is true. But we never expected this pandemic no. globalization, which sweeps you know every country, mm-hmm. and we're not immune to. You know, uh, no country is immune to, no no culture is immune to this. It's very scary. And, you know, I have on my TCU shirt, and we'll talk about (laughs) our connection to TCU. But I received phone call, recorded messages, text messages, emails from the school. We're extending spring break. We're on spring break now. Next week, we're going to be on spring break, too. They're telling all the students to stay home, the ones that are already at home. The ones that are there, they have to stay there, can't go anywhere. And Goodness. we're going to online classes on the 23rd when we, quote, unquote, virtually return. Oh, my goodness. Until the 3rd of April. That so is amazing. one of the first yeah. universities to make that kind of move. I'm sure yeah. others will follow. But talk to me. I mean, first of all, yeah. explain <clears throat> what globalism means. I know because I attended your class. Back in 1989. But for everybody else that's out there that may not know, define globalism. You know, the the idea of globalization or globalism is basically that that things travel internationally uh, across boundaries Mm -hmm. of cultural boundaries too. Literally on a uh, everyday basis, yeah. and and whatever happens in one country will surely have an impact in many many other countries. Mm. So the definition is international is also intercultural, and uh, and the way uh, these days is that there's so much of ethnic diversity in in every country that. International is not necessarily across the boundaries, mm-hmm. but it is also internal mm. um, in one country because it is so intercultural that the, that particular discourse happens literally on on a, you know literally every second and every hour yeah. and every day. You know? wow. So that's the macro definition of of globalization or globalism, and most of the time we interpreted it as economic. Globalism, you know, right. where you know trade dominates it, and uh, business, um, you know, um, transfer of goods mm-hmm. and services, you know. But these days, though, because of the high tech communications right. that we are literally saturated, you know, and ev- it is not just economic globalization, you know, it's cultural and it is um, political, and also more importantly now. Even diseases, the human condition that travels across boundaries immediately. Well, and let's think about this. Now that we have this air travel that is something that everybody seems to do, it is Mm -hmm. inexpensive. The common man or woman can board a flight and they can go anywhere in the world. And, you know, one of the first financial engines is having a difficult time right now is the travel industry. Airlines hotels. I mean, Joni and I were supposed to go to Disney World next week. We are not going. Oh, no. We'll put it off, but until when? 
I know, I know. You know, air travel is, is like a bus travel now. Yeah. You know, it's like a train travel. Right. You know, it's so convenient and so, you know, so inexpensive. And um, it's, it's not just for domestic purposes. You know, the, the, even the business enterprise mm -hmm. has begun to rely so much on air transportation. And look at Amazon. Yeah. You know, it's not just the people moving, but it's also the goods. goods. Way they, they are shipped around the world instantaneously. Just massive explosion, yeah. exponential explosion of of how things happen. These well, and days. it's interesting because our <clears throat> I call him forty five. I don't really name him on this show, but <laughs> he spoke last night, and a lot of people were disappointed in what he had to say because he said, "You know what? This is just a moment in time. It's not a financial thing." What? Okay. <laughs> this yeah. is a major financial thing. I um, know, I know, and and the, the the impact you know one sphere of human life has on all other spheres of life. You know, right. it's, and and countries by and large uh, are inexperienced with handling pandemic diseases. Mm -hmm. I mean, they 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 don't have a, a firmly set crisis communication plan mm -hmm. for the for the entire country. Uh, and, you know, nationally, um, that any political entity should have a crisis communication plan ready, you know. Right. Uh, and, and that strategy, even in advanced countries, from Europe to United States to Japan and Russia, we, they're not equipped to, to really deal with a major pandemic crisis right. like that. Italy closing its borders. They're on lockdown. Yeah. However you exactly. do that, <laughs> how many millions exactly. and millions of people can't go anywhere outside of Italy? And now we have 45 saying, we are banning travel to Europe. I know, I know. I had a friend in Iceland just last week and I was texting her frantically saying, are you back? Get back before you get stuck. I we know. Friends getting I know. on a cruise ship, trying to stop them. They won't listen. No, no. But just imagine the unfathomable scenario: something happens in Wuhan, China, yeah. and NBA or our athletic yes. event shut down. I mean, what? What? The, the look at the global connection. It's, you know, it's amazing. And, oh, absolutely. And the advertisers. How... This is the thing. Okay, I was explaining this to my my little girl who's seven and she gets it uh -huh. i said uh -huh. you know 45 just jacked up the the economy it, it just just janked it with this by having a slow response and not yes. taking it seriously so now look at the nba they yeah. shut down the entire season let's think about all I... the vendors in the arenas that don't get work <laughs> Let's think about yeah. the ticket sales that do not happen because the bodies will not be in seats or they're getting yeah. refunded. Let's think about yeah. the advertisers that pay for all that space on television Absolutely. and beyond, out of home, whatever you're doing, that's yeah. money. 
Absolutely. And the massive repercussions of that, you know, it's rippled literally into every sphere of life. Look at the medical establishment now, yeah. the scientific, you know, field which which discovers and invents cures for human diseases. You know, yeah. they are so hard pressed now, literally, you know, science doesn't occur in a vacuum. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's, it, it draws from the society and... Um, and instantaneously, they have to react, mm -hmm. you know, in a, in a crisis mode. It really um, pressures the entire industry, uh, you know, the hospitals and, and you know, the, the, the response, medical response to this. Right. And no country, you know, uh, we are looking at the United States, but look at every other country. It, it is going through a real crisis yeah. movement. And we have to be very cautious of how it impacts on society yes. because xenophobia, for example, or the, the fear of the unknown, mm -hmm. um, those kind of things uh, have to be really watched, yeah. you know, and a country has to take precautions uh, to avoid those kind of uh, stages, you know, which, which, which uh, you know, this kind of crisis ends up in, you know. about the very thing that brought us together and that's media media's yeah. role in all of this is so crucial and words yes. matter and pictures matter you taught me that so I one know. of the first things that i heard just little little tidbits here and there on any of the the cable newscasts right they were yeah. calling this yeah. disease exotic and that oh. that had underpinnings of wait what just because I it came know. from China, we're going to call it what? And it also distanced us, don't you think, from it? Yeah. Because if it's exotic, it's that thing over there. I know, I know, and that that that's that's one of the things that media has to watch, and it is self self correcting process. Mm -hmm. I mean, they do correct themselves eventually, but you know, you cannot sensationalize, you cannot dramatize. Uh, diseases like this. I mean, because the, the society is dependent on the media for credible information without sensationalism. Mm -hmm. You know, we have seen that throughout history, yeah. you know, the the Black Plague uh, to, you know, how certain ethnicity, um, you know, uh, has been single, singled out, you know, for a cause yeah. and, and, and things like that really have dangerous effects. I mean, India, for example, mm -hmm. you know, went through polio, went through smallpox, went through uh, cholera, chickenpox, you know, um, and which reminds us of the bubonic mm -hmm. plague of Europe. I mean, how uh, and how things happen in so fast that you know if the governments have to be so cautious and so self-aware of the dangers that lurk behind these developments, you know, and media has to play a very central role in stabilizing and, and, and in kind of reassuring, you know, their audiences that, you know, this is not time to panic, this is not time to politicize, and don't, don't think about politics, this is the human condition right. that we have to respond to. And let's be very cautious about that. If the media doesn't take that sort of a leadership, right. We are in really, really bad shape. Look at Italy. Mm -hmm. The Italian journalists uh, are telling us that that uh, you know coronavirus has actually cannibalized uh, the rest of the journalistic enterprise wow. Wow. because they do not have time to cover 
any other event mm. that, that could be significantly impacting on mm. us. And they do not have time to interpret uh, for their citizens in such a way that citizens actually understand the significance of this disease yeah. and how it spreads. And, you know, what do you mean by social dis distancing? Mm -hmm. what, what exactly is that? I mean, everybody has one image of uh, a different image of what social distancing is, you know? Right. So you right. need to be, uh, the media has to educate its, its audiences, its, you know, its, its customers and to be specific, to be very clear, and this is an educational enterprise, actually. Media has to take on that role of being an educator mm -hmm. now, you know? Well, you know what? All of what you're saying is taking me back to the year <laughs> 1989, where yeah. at TCU, I entered with about 199 other students, <laughs> a lecture <laughs> hall at Sid Richardson. And there you were, down, because it was yep. an amphitheater type style <laughs> yeah, lecture hall exactly. where we've you know theater style we'd sit there and we were kind of looking down at you right because we the, yeah, this, yeah. the this exactly. chairs went up the seats went up yeah yeah and there you the were stadium. and yeah. you would ask us a current event question right off the top in the mass communications yeah. freshman class and you yeah. challenged us to know what was going on in the world I know. Yeah. And how important that is. You know what, Dr. Babley? I took that from you. I do that with my students now. Wow. And they literally That's thank good. me. And it's a writing and editing class in strategic communications. Yeah. And they're like, you know what? This gives us a reason to really pay attention because they yeah. don't, which is scary. I know with all the social media sources, with all the, you know, they're inundated with information, yet they don't know the headlines of the day. You know, and how can they live, I mean, in a way, day-to-day -day life without drawing from what's happening around, yes. you know, in the, in the surrounding, you know, areas that, that they are living in. And that's what I tell the students, that you cannot live in a vacuum. Right. You know, uh, you cannot live in a world of social media that is so clearly and, and, and narrow-casted to define your existence. You know, there is a world out mm -hmm. there. There is a community out there we live in, you know, well, and they have to be connected to you that. You make a really good point about narrow casting, and that's one of the things that yeah. social media <clears throat> allows us to do that's pretty negative. Build our very yeah. own echo chambers yeah. where we can shut yeah. out the and things that we don't want to hear. And for so absolutely. many, it's news. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, the news bubble that we talk about, you know, we live in a news bubble that we have defined it for ourselves. You know, the type of bubble we live mm -hmm. in, you know, it has to fit our viewpoints, it has to fit our perspectives, you know, our own ideological bias, you know, that 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 kind of a bubble will simply self-contain mm -hmm. uh, a citizen uh, to live in that bubble. And that's absolutely, it's so unhealthy for a democracy right. because you shut out all other viewpoints and all other definitions of reality, yeah. you know, uh, and that's that's the danger in in, uh, in how media and individuals react. It you is know, dangerous. Connect. Well, I was fortunate to not just have you in that freshman class, and by the way, that's where I learned to study because you would yeah. come in and you would lecture, and you were so fascinating. And you would get a discussion going, 
And y'all, I'm about to date myself because I likened it to Donahue. Now, some of you out there have, don't even know who that is, <laughs> but he had a talk show that pretty much Oprah patterned her show after, and exactly. it was a lively talk show. So Dr. Yeah. Beckley would literally ask us for our informed point of views. And yeah, students yeah. would stand up and they would give them and okay, a debate would always ensue. Yeah. And it was wonderful. <laughs> but the thing was, we weren't reading like we needed to the first semester. <laughs> so when that know. midterm came, man, we all tanked the midterm. But we learned, and you told us, I told you to read the text. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You still remember in detail. Yes. My God. I can't forget that. I mean, I mean at 18, you're you're pretty impressionable. It it matters what happens when you're that age. And it's one yeah. of the reasons why I've kept a connection to all sorts of universities. UNT, yeah. TCU, HBCUs yeah. like Howard and Lane College. I'm always your speaker uh, because I believe that that is a pivotal point for people Absolutely. to make up their minds about things, I know. to open their I minds know. and learn things. And so if they there can is. see someone like me, even if they are not like me, they need to see somebody like me yeah. and, and share yeah. different points of views in a safe environment. Yeah, Absolutely. And this is how I, I'm it. actually feeding the pipeline of rock star leaders, you know, as an executive yeah. coach. Yeah. Um, but Dr. Babley, look, wow. you stuck uh -huh. with me. And I tell this story on the TCU Lead On campaign where they actually came to my home, went to my job, and shot a video. Oh. It's still on the website, leadon.tcu.edu. That's where you can go. I see. And you can see it. Okay. But I tell the story of a professor that put about four of us in the backseat of his car once a month and took us to the Fort Worth Star-Telegram to meet with what was then the Dallas-Fort Worth Association of Black Communicators which would be the yeah. Dallas chapter of the National Association of Black Journalists. At 18, uh, I became a member. Oh thanks my, to you. Yeah. And that's where I met John McKay, who just retired, he, the anchor here in I Dallas. Know. I met Cheryl yeah. Smith, who is still, um, she's a publisher here locally mm -hmm. for the Black Press. I met all oh. sorts of people that I grew up with. Roland Martin. <laughs> I mean, we all know who yeah. he is, right? I and then beyond that. Dallas. This network of black journalists, all in mainstream yeah. and black journalism. And it yeah. has defined my career like you would not believe. Even as wow. a PR professional, I... my first mm -hmm. line of business was media relations. I knew everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I know. But I, I got know. my first job in, in television news as an intern, uh -huh. because you introduced me to Janet Johnson, who worked for the yeah. Weather Channel for a long time, and she's in Atlanta yes. right now, still in contact with her, still consider wow. her to be a mentor. And you know Alfred Charles? Yes, you remember Alfred, Alfred's still <laughs> one of my best friends. Oh my he's doing great, And I believe he's in California right now. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, in digital oh. media, still doing what he does. Okay. Very good at it. Oh. He's been all over the oh. place. But Alfred was the editor of the Skiff, and for anybody oh. that doesn't know, that's the campus newspaper. Yes, yes, my exactly. Oh my goodness! You remember that? <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a stir. Oh my, yeah, 
Exactly. So, you know, yeah. I, I want to bring this up because ultimately, ultimately my master's thesis, which I've shared mm-hmm. on my, my social um, community, often I've shown yes. them the spine. In fact, I, I have it right here. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> here it is. There you yeah. go. Oh, my. <laughs> yes. I, you know, I have a copy of that in my so, office. The reason I, I have a copy of that in my you office. You do? You still do? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Y'all, this is my first published work. Um, it's in a library somewhere in Connecticut or something. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, also yeah. in the TCU oh, library. Michigan has, yeah, in the archives. Yes, it's in the archives. Have, I whipped yeah. it out, Dr. Babbley, just recently in the last three years because I had the amazing opportunity to meet and work with mm-hmm. Dr. Henry Louis Gates, who I quote throughout. Oh, really? Yes, he's a friend oh, now. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and he's invited me to yes. his classroom, and I'll go and, and, and at some point, you know, when he's teaching, I think he teaches in the fall, and sit at Harvard yeah. and listen to him. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's huge. Oh, my but this, goodness. This, everybody, my master's thesis, Dr. Babley was my thesis chairperson. And when you get your master's degree, you have somebody that kind of ushers you through the process of research and writing, and they make sure that you get it just right before you go and defend it in front of these scholars who sit up there and don't smile. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. But this is my first work in diversity and inclusion before people called it that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And you had everything Mm -hmm. to do with this. Um, my value proposition centers around tech, culture, and business. And to this yes. day, I talk about a list that I wrote of six things that I wanted to do when I had the credibility, the experience, the network. And I'm doing mm, them all I, right now, Dr. Babley. Oh, Michelle, I'm so proud I'm of you. I'm proud of you. I mean, my goodness. I, you know, and the journey you took and some of the top echelons of our American industry. Yeah. And, you know, you rose up to executive level appointments. Yes. And, uh, you know, this is this is a, a testament to your um, sense of uh, social commitment, oh. you know, and, and the social responsibility that you felt on, on your shoulders from early, yeah. early on. You exhibited that. That, you know, the sense of commitment yeah. to society larger than us. I talk to professionals about how there are keys to your future and your past. And you yes. have to own your yeah. story. And so yeah. when I look That's back right. and I think about that column at the skiff. And, I, yes. you know, it was yeah. just an eight to write about yeah. things and topics on racial equality. When I, I was on a campus with 3% black people. Just three. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Just three. And the international students, even less, right? Latina yeah, students, yeah. even less. Asian students, right. even less. So, <laughs> mind you, throwing that into that environment at that point, yeah. and we were in the mid-90s, um, early 90s, um, yeah. it was shocking right. to a lot of students. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the way we exhibited that diversity, you know, uh, it was a learning tool for everybody on campus. And you challenged them to uh, examine uh, their own viewpoints and perspectives, you know, before they decided on the legitimacy of those perspectives. And, uh, you know, you you really uh, 
contributed phenomenally to TCU. You I know, appreciate that. I tell you something. Yeah. There's a little legal thing going on at TCU right now that I can't really talk about. But if you look at the oh, legal really? brief, uh-huh. they actually pulled at least three of my articles from the skiff. Oh, my. I know. So, of course, as faculty, oh. I'm like, okay, I'm out of it, right? But on the other hand, I'm like, if I can help this young woman. Yeah. How oh. many years later, my words still oh matter. My. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that was one that made me, like, sit down and think and shed a tear. Oh, my God. See, that, those are the lasting contributions, yes. Michelle. Before the internet, may. when you could just Google it mm-hmm. and find it, like, they literally had to go to the library and pull, like, probably microfilm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I tell you, you know, that is, you know. And these days, the challenges for, you know, uh, diversity in the media uh, are much more complex yeah. because, you know, we tend to think that social media and the reach of electronic media, you know, is so extensive now. But 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 that's, that's deceiving, yeah. you know, in a way that we have not had um, any increase in in the in the uh, number of uh, you know diverse journalists or, or media professionals, and the perspectives you know uh, are in the public sphere, mm-hmm. so called you know, are still uh, limited. Yeah. You know, so. Well, I'm not the only one that recognizes the heft and the absolute fantastic awesomeness of Dr. Babley. I call him my beyond mentor. You know, as I build my personal board of directors over the years. He's a part of my tribe. But you're a Carnegie. Tell me what that is. Uh, yeah, the Carnegie Foundation's yes. Texas Professor of the Year when I was at TCU, you know, uh, and for, that was for the first time a media uh, academician, you know, wow. a professor ever got that award. So I was, my, I was surprised myself, <laughs> but... <laughs> you know, so it was it was reserved for more of us, you know, science professors or mathematics, yeah. you know, but never for journalism and media studies uh, uh, professor. That's you know, amazing. So that was the first time. So proud of got. you. And you're at A and M Corpus Christi. And what are you teaching there? Well, I'm right now uh, global media and international communication, First Amendment studies. Oh, wow. uh, you know, and ethics of communication um, and media and society and global leadership too, international leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, we we are at this geographic uh, location in Corpus Christi, you know. Um, the border is not too far from right. here to Mexico and the entire Central and South America. And there's an incredible uh, cultural um, vibrancy in this area, yeah. you know. So, uh, and and in a way, that's a good mix for me. Uh, a lot of Hispanic um, Americans mm-hmm. uh, and uh, international students and, you know, uh, quite a diversity mm-hmm. you know, in this region. So that is kind of uh, my my commitment is to address that diversity, draw the best from that diversity, you know, and, and make it useful in the classroom so that as professionals, our students will benefit later on from exposure. That's amazing. You have poured into so many. You probably don't even know how many. (laughs) I mean, there were 200 (laughs) people in my class alone when I was a freshman. And that was just my freshman (laughs) class. (laughs) If you think about all the graduate students and undergraduate students, the lives that you've poured into, Dr. Babley, thank you. That's awesome. 
was. Thank you. You know, in fact, I roughly counted at TCU yeah. because of the large classes I mm -hmm. taught. You know, there were, there were about 14,000 <gasps> students who went wow. through my classrooms. At any, That's you know, the, during, the year, during the years I was there, 14,000 students who went through my and classes. most of them are killing it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and the alumni, you know, TCU alumni still yes. to keep in touch with me. A lot of, of them, you know, out do. of the blue, drop me a line, you know, and say how much they appreciated something that I did in the classroom, which that, you know, it impacted on their professional lives yeah. and personal lives. Yeah. You know, it's meaningful. So, uh, it's meaningful. I was at PMG Digital Agency. It's a worldwide agency there in Fort Worth to speak to what they call their We Collective. It's a group that champions equality. It's an kind of uh -huh. an employee resource group type thing. And as I'm speaking, I notice a young woman, she's kind of smiling and I'm like, okay, well, she, she really likes what I'm saying. After it's over, she eased up to me and said, you may not remember me, but you guest lectured in Dr. Ashley English's classroom and cases, PR cases oh, last year. Good. And I just want to let you know, I never forgot it. And I love what you're doing. Please keep doing what you're doing. That stuff See, just messes me up. <laughs> that's the impact yes. teaching has on, on in society, yeah. you know, absolutely. And it doesn't matter who they are, what their ethnic background, yeah. it does not matter. I it's know. all God's that children and it's beautiful. Yes, absolutely. You know, so we have to catch we up, got Michelle. To, we got to. Next time you're in Dallas, and oh, a little trivia yes. trivia uh, fact real quick. Uh -huh. When I started my agency back in 2002, 2003, I brought mm. on a bunch of millennials, and they were young millennials then. Now they're, okay. you know, they're all getting married, you know, knocking on the door of the C-suite, you know, they got their own families and yeah. all. But among the hires, I hired Dr. Babley's daughter, Laura Babley, yes. who is Laura. amazing. <laughs> She's still at Cisco, right? Uh, yes, yes. So, she, she went to IBM for a okay. while, and she enjoyed it yeah. there. And I think she's making a transition back okay. to Cisco. Well, she is a social media maven. And during that time... Is when social media blossomed, 2007, 2008. Remember what we're talking about? Exactly. And so our little yeah. agency had a leg up. Well, at least it was even yeah. with the big agencies because they didn't know what to do with the stuff either. <laughs> so we learned yeah. it. And every last one of the young people yeah. that were in my office right then are thriving as social media oh, wow. and digital and um, event and experience professionals yeah. at American Express. You know, it, I could just name wow. them. Like, I'm like, these I are know. my kids. I love it. <laughs> oh, God, that's amazing, Michelle. Yeah. You know? So tell Laura I said, hey. I will. Yeah. I sure will. What do you have coming you up? Know? Do you have any projects you're working on? You're going to be speaking <clears throat> anywhere? Oh. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so uh, I'm actually concentrating on uh, how, how the, the global governance of the internet is, is impacting on global diversity okay. okay so that's one area and the second one i recently it intrigued me is the uh, pandemic mm -hmm. uh, spread of diseases and internet uh, 
put it in the in a lens of international communication. Mm-hmm. You know how internet and social media are impacting on the, our understanding of the pandemic diseases. Okay. And um, you know, YouTube recently banned any um, uh, monetization of uh, of uh, the coronavirus. Oh, wow. You know, and it, yeah, and 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 there was a huge outcry by the creators of social media content. So YouTube is now rethinking it, that ban. But, you know, when, when you monetize uh, social media content, um, and, and there's, a whole, there's a great deal of uh, risk of uh, manipulation of data and manipulation of our understanding of the pandemic mm-hmm. diseases, you know. And so uh, even the White House is now urging social media and high-tech people to be very cautious about misinformation regarding coronavirus, mm-hmm. you know. So, so these are all the issues which I want to examine in my research. I know how pandemic diseases can be impacted by international media and international communication. That you know? is fascinating. I mean, I could sit yeah. there and just listen to you talk about all of this and learn so oh, uh, much, just like I did way back in the day. And Dr. Babley, I so thanks. appreciate you covering on this show. Absolutely. It's my great pleasure. And you're on social media. You're not very active, but you do have handles. Where can people follow you? Um, I have a Facebook account. So just under my name, you know, Anantha Anantha Babbley. Babbley. And And you're on Instagram too, but you're not on there that often. But you're Anantha Babbley there as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And my my, uh, Yahoo, I mean, email is also a very good way to reach me. Ananta S. Babbley at Yahoo.com. Awesome. Dr. Babbley, thanks for coming on. Next time you're in what? Dallas, we've got to have dinner or lunch or a coffee or something. Thank you so much. So greetings from Texas A&M University, Corpus Christi. And, you know, you take care and uh, enjoy the spring break. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. And be cautious about, you know. Oh, yeah. The, take the care. Whole- <laughs> take good care. Yeah. What an awesome conversation with the Dr. Anantha Babbley, professor of media and communications at Texas A&M Corpus Christi and my beyond mentor from TCU days. Thank you, Dr. Babbley, for coming on. Find us online at theculturesoup.com, on Instagram and Twitter at The Culture Soup, and on Facebook at The Culture Soup Podcast. Until next week. The Culture Soup Podcast is a production of No Size Communication, LLC. The Culture Soup Podcast is a registered trademark of No Silos Communications. L-L-C.